Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Man vs. Marriage podcast. My name is Ashley, and I am the producer for this show. So Quincy asked me to come on here and let you guys know a little bit about this upcoming episode, because when this episode was actually recorded, it ended up being almost an hour and 20 minutes long. So rather than release one mega episode, what we're going to do is cut this episode into three chunks and release it to you back to back to back. So part one is going to be out today. Part two will come out tomorrow, January 5th. And part three will come out the day after on January 6th. This whole episode is just a really good conversation between Jeannie and Quincy about 2020 and how it shaped them as people, shaped their family, and shaped their marriage. So I hope you guys enjoy. And if you enjoy part one, make sure you come back tomorrow for part two and the following day for part three. And keep coming to check out more episodes of Man vs. Marriage. So without further ado, please enjoy part one. In this episode of Man vs. Marriage, where are we now? Late 2020. Let's talk about it. The podcast. How good do you want your life to be? truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. This is Man vs. Marriage, the podcast. In this episode, ah, crap, keep it. Don't cut it. Welcome back to another episode of Man vs. Marriage. It is I, the Q-Dog, in the Moran Family Studio with my lovely wife, Jeannie Moran. Hello. I've thought a lot about changing that welcome back to another episode, but then I go listen to Joe Rogan, and he's like, hello, friends. And I'm like, even before he says it now, it's like, hello, friends. <laughs> Thanks, Rogan. So I'm going to always welcome you back. You know why I'm going to welcome you back? Because I don't take you listening for granted. I never do. I always want to welcome you back because I appreciate you listening to me and Jeannie, and what we have to say, which reminds me of an, I'm having a hell of a time. time. <laughs> I'm having a, a, a hell of a time. I was just thinking, man, you are chasing that mic all over the place. <laughs> I know. I know. And it's like, what? I'm trying my best here to keep, <laughs> you know, this under wraps because it's not a video podcast. But I'm thinking every move uh -huh. I make, this microphone is kicking me in the freaking balls. What are you freaking doing over here? Anyway, let's get back to this crap. Because <laughs> I could just screw around and have a good time doing it. Um, yeah. So back to the episode. 2020. Where are we now? This is one of those open format discussions that I almost wish we would have prepared for. But I think it's time for us to have an open forum discussion. Because we had some really high expectations for 2020 going into it. I mean, first, early on. Best Christmas present I've ever given you. Canceled. Cancellation. This yeah. Christmas came around, the girls and I are going, what are we going to do to top last year? <laughs> no. You don't have to try very hard. <laughs> because last year's gift got canceled. As sad as that is. It's okay. Season comes back in three weeks. That's all that matters. I'll, I'll be okay. There's more that matters. Get your crap together, woman. 
shut up hockey returns on January 1st. Yeah. Supposedly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had to think about that one for a second. So let's talk about the year in review, what we are looking at. What did you think the year was going to be like? And then where are you from where the year sits? And I know part of the thing I want to talk about is what we've done in the podcast, but also where are you? I mean, we've talked in several episodes about you being an, uh, an aspiring author and how that's going. Wah, wah, dang it. Wah. I feel a dang sneeze coming on. You can't make that noise. That's not the noise <laughs> when it comes to your your authorship. It is at the moment because everything's on pause. There's There's a lot going on, so. Well, you're not. You didn't fail at being an aspiring author. You've just had some major roadblocks like everybody else, but you have continued. But we came out of that um, one uh, marriage conference, mm -hmm. and some things really changed, and we had some very super high expectations. I did in business. I did in the podcast. We did in our marriage. We had expectations for where we were going to go. We were going to travel. It was our first opportunity to get away from the family for nine straight days just you and I and that got taken away from us we had to surrender that because we were just gonna go anyway and it was like nope country shut down and then, and then I couldn't get I couldn't afford to like get stuck over on the east coast and uh, not be able to come back and work I had to get my tickets refunded you did have to get your tickets refunded. Those were some awesome ass seats. Yep. And it But and I'll get them again eventually. You will. I don't know if I'll still be watching the same team cuz they're all changing hands again, but it's okay. You will. But just give me, you know, from Jeannie's heart your perspective on how this year has gone. This is all in the moment on the spot. We're just talking about this um, crap. Well, what we expected versus where we're at, we expected that our girls, especially our older girls, were going to be going to prom this year. We're going to be experiencing school dances for the first time. Um, a couple of them wanted to do sports. Going into their freshman year, prepared to take on um, volleyball and new adventures. Some of them were looking at doing new electives and experiencing new things just because high school offers it, junior high didn't. And we purposely put them in school last year mm -hmm. because they wanted to have these life experiences of high school and what it would be like because we've been homeschooling so long. And come March 12th, we're homeschooling again. So the benefit for us has been this is nothing new. Outside of the computer, this is nothing new. We know how to do school at home. We know how to stay on top of things. We know how to um, maneuver around the noise and the people and the chaos because we've done it. So for some people, <clears throat> especially some of the teachers, their, their common phrase to everybody, their excuse for everything is virtual learning we know is everybody's biggest challenge. It's, like it, it's not really our biggest challenge. It's hard having so many on a computer at one time. Our internet is ready to explode. And we have a couple that haven't learned yet not to speak when somebody has a mic on. Okay. But <laughs> we're not quiet at all in this well, house. You know, that kind of stuff happened all across the country this year because yeah. there were 
freaking professional men, professional men, um, choking the chicken on Zoom meetings for work, and they forgot to turn their camera off, doing crazy stuff. I'm still trying to figure out how you get in the mood to choke a chicken while you're working. Just saying. I don't know. Whole topic change. But anyway. Yeah. Let's keep going the other way. (laughs) Random thoughts for 2000, Alex. So anyway. He's gone too. I know. 2020 consumed him. And and I'm not getting rid of that phrase though. I love it too much. Yeah, of course. But we've had, um, we've had people move into our home and people move out of our home and other people move into our home and that one's not allowed to leave ever. And um, we've had some major hits and losses in the family. Mm-hmm. And that I think that's probably been one of the hardest things that we've dealt with is losing grandpa and the kids not actually getting to say goodbye is still, it's still unreal to them because they haven't had that closure space yet. Um, they're working on it. They're They're kind of struggling a little bit once in a while when we talk about it right now because of the holidays um you know being the first thanksgiving the first christmas without him was not an easy conversation yeah that's the first time for them that they've ever lost a family member well no that's that not was... true we've lost well we've lost papa but they didn't really know him i mean uh, the twins down didn't really know papa yeah i know that's why i'm but, saying but um grandpa was like highly active in our life so that's that's a big one they haven't lost somebody close i guess is what you were trying to say i was trying to say something but then you ran right in there you asked me what my thoughts for this year were and you're talking i didn't say i couldn't interject any thoughts ah sissy see this is what happens when we have an open (laughs) forum conversation but that's what i will say is that's the first true loss that they've had for somebody that was close to them they have they've never experienced that before i'll never forget the day i had to come home and tell them that grandpa passed away Mm -hmm. june the 30th was supposed to be a regular day but it was not Mm -hmm. for millions of people billions around the world it might have been but for us it was not and that was a very difficult time it was difficult to lose grandpa Dude was on his way to 91, so he had a great long life. Um, but knowing that I had to come, I, not that I had to, I made it a point to say nobody's going to tell my children about losing grandpa but me. I will not put that burden on anyone. That was the hardest thing that came out of that because moments before, their world was still right. Mm-hmm. And the, the the weight of saying, I'm getting ready to destroy part of your world because everybody, you know, love loves Grandpa. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just a couple of days before that, Gracie, are you still calling Grandpa? No, I forgot this. And, you know, you know there are areas where guilt is going to kick in. I had the whole ride home from work um, kind of feeling guilty of certain things that I hadn't done more but then I had to pull back from that and say look grandpa and I had an agreement and you know we talked and we talked during the week and we would go by to see him before this COVID crap started on Sundays we would play our dice games he would tell us stories he would get them 
snacks, even if one time he played a dirty prank on him and got him insure instead of candy or something like that, that which was, was freaking epic. <laughs> um, I bought you all shakes. <laughs> and, and that, uh, when I told him about grandpa, you know, and I took my three days bereavement from work, I assumed I was going to use that time to comfort my mother. But really, we use that time in our home to comfort one another. Yeah. And it was... That was do nothing for two days and just lounge around. Yeah. Just just marinate with each other. Just soak each other up. Just be a shoulder to cry on or somebody to to lean on physically. And I, I probably could have taken three additional days because I, I wasn't done getting through that but it was it was very interesting to me and we have yet to do any kind of celebration for grandpa which he was pretty adamant saying don't do any kind of celebration for me but it's been difficult because of covid and social distancing and we live in california so we you know our governor takes things to the extreme and we've been locked down so you got to admit, Grandpa must have known something with foresight because in his book, the book he left everybody what to do when I croak. Yeah. I mean, he had to have thought this all through because he was pretty des- descriptive of what he wanted and what was to happen. And um, I'm sure that's what helped your mom get through a lot of it. But Yeah, he was very particular. I think know. that was part of what was so hard with the kids with my dad having to go into the hospital for a little while was hearing Papa's in the hospital. Everybody just stopped. Yeah. And it was like, okay, well, last time you told us Grandpa was in the hospital, Dad came home and told us that he wasn't coming back. So it was like constantly having to try and reassure them and, and hold everything together at the same time. And I think October to December have been the defining moments on what are we made of. <laughs> well, my question is this for you. is like you had, you were just getting ready to ship the kids off to school. You know, you were, you were getting into that time where it's like, okay, I've been a homeschool mom for long enough. I've, I, you've done everything that you can do for these kids. Now you're about to get some of your freedom back so that you can start investing in yourself. Yeah. You can, yeah, really. <laughs> you you can get some peace and quiet, be able to write, you know, your novel and, and, and invest in you. And if you want to go have lunch with one of your best friends, boom, you can leave. You're not tied down to anything for several hours during the day. And then that was all screwed up. Oh, yeah. So how did you deal with that disappointment did you were you able to overcome it are you still dealing with it um how's that going it's still a day-to-day some days are better than others um autism is home 24 7 now so that kind of determines what gets done how it gets done and if i'm sane by the end of the day um you know they their situation is different they're allowed to go to school two days a week we chose to pull them out of the rotation for a little while just because the numbers were going up and there was too many op- opportunities where people were saying, well, this staff member may have come in contact with the positive person and then, you know, we'll know in a couple of days and then they would put them back into school. And unfortunately with autism, if you lay out a structure and you keep making changes, 
the behaviors increase and they get worse. Yeah. And for our two right now, our oldest in particular, he's struggling the worst and the most with everything that's going on because he's stuck at home. Yeah. And he was starting to go to school and then it was just ripped from him. But I can't take that chance. It was twice now, three times in two months where they've called or said, okay, we're sending the kids home or we need to shut things down for a few days because we have to wait for testing to come back. We have to verify. We have to fumigate the rooms. That's like, that's just making him more frustrated because we were building him to go to school Tuesday, Wednesday, and this all happened on Monday. So Tuesday, they're not sure if you can go. Right. Tuesday morning comes and you're for sure not going. Yeah. But he's been up since six o'clock, ready to go. Yeah, and that and and I would agree with you that on on one side, that's the tougher part. It wasn't as much the worry about potentially getting the COVID or that side of it, yeah. which was how many times are we going to disappoint and disrupt this routine? And it becomes a negative for us because we will get blamed. Ultimately, you, because you're home oh, and yeah. I'm at work. And it tr- it triggers a whole other laundry list. Like it's a domino that falls and all these other dominoes um, just start crashing down. And then you get stuck with the behavior. So it's like, you know what? We're just going to chill on this, which I was disappointed for you and for them because Hunter is just all consuming right now yeah and it's i know it can't be easy and i I was disappointed for you because it was like a couple days a week you would finally get a breath of air yeah well they made it where kirsten went on one day hunter went on the next so they were going on opposite days so instead of having both of them being needy i had she can be tamed for a couple of hours with a box of crayons a new color book and a movie she hasn't seen in a while. And I, we could all get a breather. Um, she'll squeal and scream and, and make all kinds of noises because she's happy. But I would rather have that than yeah. the opposite. We'll take the happy Hunter noises. doesn't do that anymore. Hunter is like every 10 seconds. He's knocking on somebody's door or calling somebody's name. And they're trying to do school. And then he's trying to come into our room. And especially right now with, with wrapping presents and things like that. He's just like, I yeah. can't have him in here. Um so it's it's been harder on them i think but um the other kids they allow me to have my writing time the hard part for me is i can't separate so much with my writing i want to but i can't get engrossed like i normally do because i have to keep one ear open all the time i have to be up and down checking on them and it's really hard to continue a scene when you're constantly in and out of it um i like to submerge myself into that chapter and that scene and just write all of it until I'm done. Mm-hmm. And it's difficult to do that right now. So the, the books have kind of met a hiccup, but um, I'm not able to get out and go visit with my friends because my friends have like us special needs kids. And a couple of them are pretty, um, what's the word immune challenged, high risk, yeah. high risk immune issues. Um, you know, a couple of them are remission for cancer. Some of them, have um, other health issues or their parent has other health issues so they're not wanting to take a risk which is fine I don't have a problem with it but there's not that connection that I'm used to having yeah Um, the kids have gotten the same thing friends have kind of vanished or slowly are coming in and out but they're not really hanging around they're just kind of texting and talking there's nothing 
There's nothing significant because they're not getting any experience with each other. Yeah. Um, but I have noticed that they are getting closer, kind of like living in the hotel. They're getting closer again. That's all. They only we're have all, each We're other. all on top of each other, so what else are you going to do, right? Bringing Saya into the mix, though, has definitely, I think, um, livened things up for everybody. Yeah. They're, they're learning a new person. They're all learning new things. He's never had holidays or birthdays the way that we do them so he is experiencing things in a whole new light which i think has um one it's it's made our kids appreciate what we have a lot more instead of bitching so much about what we don't have Mm -hmm. um they can't they can't fathom some of the things that he's told them that he's lived through and it's like see i can be a rotten mom sometimes i can have i cannot give you what you want and i can be the biggest bitch in the world I'll accept that. Every mom goes through it at some point. But then now they come to me and say, you know what, I'm, I'm okay with you doing that. I'm, I'm okay with your reason behind that. Like, huh, okay. I'll take it. Yeah. Um, I love watching them teach him new things. Oh, yeah. You know, the, the wrapping the presents or um, ha- watching his eyes light up when he finds out, you know, that it's not just a Christmas tree. There are two Christmas trees in the house. And, you know, the elves are a big deal. He started helping with that kind of stuff. He's never had any of that. And the girls are just like, Mom, we have to teach him. We have to teach him. Yeah. And he's eating it up. So I think that's that's where things have gotten better. We've made the most of what we've got going on. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, myself, I've struggled with a lot of stuff. I did really good with my first PJ challenge. My second one... It's like we just got kicked in the balls from the get-go with um, babysitting challenges, financing the babysitting, grandpa passing away, and then it just seemed like one by one with the COVID situation, things were just kind of going back and forth, back and forth, and I could not, I couldn't keep my stress under control. Um, I think we've had four times now since June that anxiety took over and I just could not hold my food down. I couldn't keep things legit, which totally derails everything. Mm-hmm. Even for a day, it just derails everything. So, um, and then of course holidays came around the kids were, and I just got into that whole, well, we'll just have candy today or we'll just have this for now. And, um, the last, the last month was the hardest. Having 2A come in and tell us he was leaving and having um, the way that went down. Yeah. Um, the the way that I, I didn't expect having Saya, um, I didn't expect it to affect me the way that it did, but hearing how everybody was just kind of meh, like he was a couch or a piece of furniture, and hey, then we'll figure it out. We'll just we'll just put him somewhere. Yeah, the only thing we had to figure out is what to do with him. It's like eh? something inside me broke, and it was just. I think that's where the core of me is is made. Is you you cannot. I don't care how old the child is. You cannot take a child and just bounce it all over the place and expect the child to come out okay. Yeah. Not without the right guidance or the right mentality. And he had no one to give him the right mentality. Mm-hmm. His thought process is, I'll survive. Mm-hmm. Okay, great, but 
when you're in survival mode, that's all you do. I don't want the boy to survive. I want the boy to live. Mm -hmm. I want him to have a life. He tells the girls all the time, I don't want kids. I don't want to have to deal with the drama of having to decide what's right and wrong for a kid. Some, that, that tells you how ingrained everything that he's gone through is in him. But then he, when he's around us and he hears the girls talking about having kids, he gets all excited about being Uncle Sai Sai. <laughs> you know what I mean? So there, there's... Uncle Sai. That's there's, hilarious. I know, right? All he needs is a beard. He's got the hair. <laughs> <laughs> but that whole situation and how it went down and how much it hurt it also taught me pj had a good point okay well now that you know it you know i don't put my heart out for everybody i don't let people in bringing boys into our house is a big deal for me Mm -hmm. after what happened to the kids but looking at it from pj took me aside and kind of was like outside perspective but you dropped those walls and you allowed yourself to trust. Mm-hmm. I allowed you to protect me and the kids. That's big. For me, that's big because I'm always the one that's protect mode. I have to protect. But letting them into the house, I was trusting you to do that. Um, you know, putting myself out there. I don't hug easily. You can ask my kids. I, I hug my kids. And if they need one, they can always come and get one. But I am not somebody that just openly goes up and hugs people. Now, when we went to that marriage thing, I was like, oh, I got to hug people. I'm supposed to hug people. They keep coming up and people want to hug. And I don't like to hug. <laughs> so don't touch me. Um, you know, but Saya craves that. Mm-hmm. He'll come up behind me like you do when I'm cooking. And he'll just hang on me. Mama, what are you cooking? Look, what what can we have? How can I help? What can we do? And he'll just hang there. It's like, okay, if this is what he needs from me, then this is what I'll give him. And I've had to lower my guard mm-hmm. to allow him to take from me something that I'm not comfortable giving. But he needs it. And in my mind, he's my child. And if my child needs something and it's within my grasp to give it, it doesn't matter what it costs me or how it affects me, I'm going to give it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's been a huge gain for me. You know, I, I'm still leery. There's still part of me that worries that this is all great right now and somebody's going to come in and just blow it out of the water. Yeah. But, um, like PJ said, I have the option. I can put my neck out and see what happens or I can shut down and, you know, go back to survival mode and be in my little box and be okay. Mm-hmm. So I, although I've fallen off my own personal goals, I think I've just allowed everything else to kind of get in the way. The emotional side of stuff really, I I eat or I don't eat when I'm emotional. Mm -hmm. And if I eat when I'm emotional, it's not good food. (laughs) It's never what I'm supposed to have. Right. Um, It's good, but it's bad. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's worth burpees. We'll put it that way. There you go. But um, I'm getting back on that track. It, it's not a flipped switch yet, but we're getting to that point. And that is the end of part one. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope you'll come back and join us again for part two. I'm Ashley, and this has been the Man vs. Marriage Podcast. The podcast.
How good do you want your life to be? You gotta live on purpose. For a purpose. It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself. It's possible. This is Man vs. Merit, the podcast.